welcome back to another episode of Stripped by Sia, your podcast for strippers, sex workers, and all the fancy naked people in between. I am your host, Steph Sia, aka Kimchi on stage. I don't know when I'll be back on stage. Uh, again, I'll, I'll let everyone know if you ever want to come by the club, come and say hi and chat with me about the show or how much you love it or maybe how much you hate it. I don't know. Um, <laughs> the choice is up to you. I am a stripper. I am also a digital content creator as well as a former sugar baby. Used to do that many, many moons ago. And I've dabbled in a bunch of different forms of sex work. I am here to... Ooh, what's that? Ooh, it's a <laughs> man on a motorcycle. Hello. <laughs> Uh, I'm excited. <laughs> like, Take me for a ride later. <laughs> <laughs> and if you are all wondering who this lovely voice is, I will be introducing her just very shortly. Just going to go through some some housekeeping things before we get started because this is a big episode today. Um, this episode, we will be discussing a sensitive topic. We will be discussing sex trafficking. So I just wanted to get that out of the way if this is something that might affect you if this is going to be a trigger for you. I totally understand. Feel free to skip this episode. It might not be for you. Um, We will be talking about it in the first, probably, I want to say half to two thirds of the episode. So I will try to see if I could put some like markers for when those, the sensitive topic will be We'll be done speaking about that, but a large portion of the episode will be on that. So I am putting the ball in your court. Feel free to skip and we'll be, we'll be having another episode next week anyways. So um, I just want to put that out of the way and quick, quick shout out to Patreon subscribers. So we got some new keepers in here in the past couple of weeks. So we have Paris Frank, we have Justin Erickson, Rep Sarkar, Karen Zen, Jay Sunstern. You are all on the top tier of the podcast, of the podcast, of the Patreon. And I just want to say thank you so much for your support. Um, yeah, your donations really mean a lot to me and it's helping me <laughs> make the show a bit better in terms of getting better guests on, putting more production into the episodes and giving you a little bit of a sneak peek of what goes on behind the scenes and giving you some like uh, previews on like who's coming up, what to expect and whatnot. So I just want to say thank you. Uh, anyone interested, you can go ahead and subscribe uh, on patreon.com slash strip by Sia if you're interested. We have lower tiers as well, uh, starting at $4. So it's uh, like price of a coffee. So consider it if you really like the show. One way that you can support. But that's uh, enough of that jargon. I This is not <laughs> what we're here to talk about. Um, but if you are listening to the show, you might be interested in sex work. You might be a sex worker. You might be an ally. Maybe you're a client. Maybe this is not even part of your world and you just want to learn more and do better. So this show is for you. It's all about destigmatizing sex work. And to help me do that, I have brought on this week's guest, which I am so excited to see her face again because <laughs> we met at the Why Not reunion in person and she just has a lovely personality and we connected on a couple things and I was like, I need to have you on the show. I need to tell your story. And basically, yeah, this is why she's here today. She's very, also very excited and just so strong to talk about the content we will be talking about again, which is sex trafficking. Um, I'd love to introduce to the audience – Maya Romero. Ah, 
oh my god hi hello hello it's a pleasure it's a blessing grand rising everyone hello <laughs> Oh it's my so good to have you on. <laughs> it's amazing. It's finally happening. It's finally <laughs> happening. Thank you so much for your patience and just like letting me get my shit together. And I'm like, we could record this week. Does this time work for you? Uh, I'm the most flexible. I should be a contortionist with my schedule. <laughs> I super appreciate it. And I'm also super appreciative that you are able to come talk to me today, come talk to the audience today about your story, about well, one, human trafficking and in a more specific manner, sex trafficking, because you are were a victim of sex trafficking, which we will yes. get into shortly. But um, besides that, you're also a very successful cam model on Chatterbait. And also, uh, I think you were also on Strip Chat as well, which... For a period of time, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which we'll definitely speak about later, later on in the show today. But um, I'd love to flip it back to you, Maya, in terms of like, how do you define yourself? What title do you want to give yourself? <laughs> so um, I put it in my, in my Instagram bio too. I am a uh, full-time sexy lady. And I make music. I love singing. I love rapping. Um, a musician, full-time sexy lady, and full-time crazy lady. So <laughs> that's pretty much how I define myself. You know, I, I enjoy creation in all of its aspects, and that's really why I found my home in the in the industry is because it's 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 creation. It's it's doing whatever the hell you want to do. And I found my home in music the same way. It's you create what you feel, and that's that's all that matters. Yeah. Um, so that's definitely just full time sexy lady, and I, I I know a few thing I know a thing or two about a thing or two. <laughs> well, we're gonna learn a thing or two about you over the next hour and a bit, or however long you want to stay with us. So <laughs> balls in your court. I got so time. yeah, I got time too. I don't got nothing after this. So Ooh, girl. I, I just Maybe knew this was gonna be. Up. Yeah, I mean, I just knew this is going to be a long conversation, um, and I just really wanted you to take your time with everything, too. So if it's okay with you, do we should we just dive right into it and just – Yeah, absolutely. Dive both feet in, yeah. So, I mean, for, for anyone listening, um, yes, we will be discussing human trafficking, and I just want to go out there and say, you know, some people might not know what human trafficking is, and – if you didn't know, it's not just sex trafficking. There's many different forms of human trafficking, including forced labor, forced criminal activity, sexual exploitation, which is what we're going to be talking about. Um, yes, organ removal, people smuggling, like you know, people trying to cross borders, people who are migrants, stuff like that. So there's a lot of stuff going on and Oftentimes, and I just don't know if it's with the media or just like Wasasesta or whatever, there's so much attention that goes to sex trafficking. But I just want to make that uh, delineation that there are different types out there. Maya, I'm not sure if there's anything you wanted to add to that bit. Yeah, I mean, it's it's the same concept as like um, everyone's concept of abuse is like, oh, you get hit. And it's like, no, 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 no. This is, this is not a two-side coin. This is like, this is a dodecahedron of bullshit that you can turn any way and it is still what it is. Um, and I feel like that's what, when you put too much uh, focus on trying to give it one specific thing and it has to apply to one specific thing, you kind of lose the, the gravity of it. it. It being such a large industry, it being such a large way of income, just 
making people do things against their will. Yeah. Things that they normally wouldn't do. Yes. Without their It's basically, exactly, without their consent. Just um, making them feel like they have to because they would be in danger if they didn't. Um, making them feel like they have to because their family would be in danger if they didn't. Right. Et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. And these are so many common excuses and reasons why they can trap people. And I, I know at some point, I'm already kind of predicting, like we're going to be talking about grooming at some point okay. later in this episode, um, which we'll talk about. We'll also talk about some warning signs as well, which I think is really, really important. But yeah, I mean, for this particular episode, we'll be discussing sex trafficking. So um, geez, there's so many different types of sex trafficking too. So <laughs> did you want to go into that like a little bit as well? Yeah. Um, so the specific um, kind of sex trafficking that I was a victim of is I was a victim of online sex trafficking. I was sex trafficked for hundreds of millions of people to view my content online. And I was I was streaming live, meaning that I was always there every day putting up this facade of like, everything's fine. Everything's fine. I am having so much fun. I love my job everything's fine. And, um, it was, it was like that exploitation of, I didn't have any plans to go into this industry prior to being trafficked. This was not a, a route that I had planned for my life. Um, and I definitely think it was a gift because it definitely sh- shook up my perspective, um, changed my biases, um, and everything like that. But I definitely, I mean, I was a manager at a Starbucks I had a maid in the shade. I was managing a Starbucks. I was living the life. And all of a sudden, um, I was swiping on Tinder. I had just turned 18. My birthday is September 24th, 2002. I'm 19 years old. So I I had just turned 18. It was about November. um, And I had uh, met this really cool guy on Tinder. Uh, We hung out on Halloween. That was the first date. You know, I went over to his house and we had drinks and I dressed up like a bunny and it was very cute and he was very handsome. He drove a nice car. He had a nice apartment and I was living in a lower income part of um, where I was living. So obviously it was like, oh my God, I've been waiting for this, right? Your knight in shining armor, your your person to like take you away from all this, like the person who who has the ability to pick you up and take you out of where you were. And, um, that's, that's what I saw. And I saw this, you know, very kind, charismatic man. He was funny. He was smart. He was, he was everything that I was looking for. And it didn't even, it didn't even occur to me that, that, that is literally a sign that someone isn't who they say they are, if they are exactly what you've been looking for. Yeah. It's like almost too good to be true. It's too good to be true. Right. Um, you know, like that's the whole thing is like when an offer is too good to be true, it usually is. Yeah. Um, but we, yeah, we uh, we started dating, you know, talking, and I would go and see him every other day. I would pay the $30 Uber there and the $30 Uber back just to go see him, and I would spend the night, and it was like this whirlwind. I was 18 years old. I was like, oh, my God, a boy. He loves me. Yeah, and, um, living the life. Right? And I, I was in a high rise. It was like everything that I had dreamed of, and all of a sudden, I get a text message saying, hey, baby. Um have you ever heard of OnlyFans? Mm. And um, I said, yeah, I'm, I'm familiar with OnlyFans. And I, I know what you're about to ask me. And the answer is no. Yeah. So you're, you're not, new. I'm, 
yeah, I was like, I'm not interested. I'm not, I'm not really interested in the whole making content and stuff. It's just, it's not me. I don't feel like I would feel good about it. Um, and he was like, well, it's a great way for us to make lots of money and live the life that we've always wanted together. Oh, um, okay. So he's trying this to is a warning sign. here. Yeah, this is definitely this a, is a warning sign. This is called illusions of grandeur. It's yeah. a, it's a really, really common sign in narcissistic abuse, yes. domestic violence cases, and also human trafficking. It's this whole, mm-hmm. I can show you the world, you know, yeah. like this magic yeah. carpet ride of, of fuckery. It's, 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 if it, if it's too good to be true, it absolutely is. And, and in my head, I was like, no, there's no way this is, there's no way the universe wouldn't put this perfect opportunity for me if I wasn't meant to take it. Yeah. And, um, and so I, I started my first camp show. I'm looking at my Snapchat memories as I tell these stories. My first camp show was December 22nd. I met him on October. Wow. So just a couple months. So. In that. That time, in that time span, um, my ex-boyfriend was in possession of a front and back picture of my photo ID, my social security number, my passport, my birth certificate, every single piece of document. He did my 2020 taxes. Jesus. So he he had infested my life and taken hold and like taken root. It's almost like those trees that grow right next to other trees and they're, they're the vines that grow and try to take the sun. Yep. It's exactly like that. And um, it was like this feeling of if it was moving so fast, like it was almost like when I was sitting on the bed waiting to start my first cam show, I sat there and wondered, how did I get here? Because I thought I was smart. Yeah. And this doesn't seem like a very smart decision to be sitting in some random dude's apartment that I've only known for two months that I think that I love and that I'm just going to make him money and it's all going to be fairy tale romance perfect forever. Yeah. And it's almost like, you you know, you convince yourself that it's true. You know what I mean? Like, I've already done all of this. I've already gone this far. He already has this much on me. Might as well, right? Totally. And I, uh, you know, I started camming and I cammed every single day from December 22nd to June 14th. Holy shit. Every single day for at least eight hours every single day. Oh my God. And of course, like, if I may ask, you were not seeing any of that profit? I did not see any profit, absolutely zero, for about three months And then after three months, I got told that I had to leave the apartment that I was living in and get my own because my boyfriend told me that we were spending too much time together, which meant that I was around too much. So he didn't have the opportunity to groom more women to make more money. So he needed a second apartment to have me in. That way there was no evidence of a woman. There was no evidence of a girlfriend. It was just a sterile apartment to groom women in. And um, he stays close to college town, a college town, the biggest college town in my state, the biggest party college, one of the biggest party colleges in, in the United States. And that's calculated. For that purpose. Yeah, that's, that's for that purpose. specific. Because there's tons of 18-year-old girls with college debt that need to pay it off. Yeah. There's hundreds of girls with daddy issues. There's hundreds of girls with insecurities. There's hundreds of girls that you can prey on yeah, in a college exactly. town. And um. I streamed every day and I saw none of the profits until I was told that I needed to get this apartment. This apartment was solely in my name. This apartment was, he sent me fake bank statements to send to this apartment because I wasn't working. 
I was not getting any money deposited into my bank accounts. Right. So he photoshopped bank statements for me to give to my apartment complex. Oh my gosh. And it worked. Wow. And so I was living in an apartment that cost me base rent was $2,600 a month. Base rent. At 18 years old, at base rent, I was living in a $2,600 a month apartment. Jesus. Not including utilities, not including the cost to furnish it. Um, that was something he he paid to furnish the entire apartment. Well, I paid to furnish the entire apartment. Yeah, you made and, that money. And, but it was something that he would hold over my head. Like I spent over ten, like 10 grand mm. of furnishing this apartment and da, 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 da. But I found the Wayfair receipts on my in my email that all of the items were returned for a full refund. What? So it was it was furniture that he kept but returned, so he got the money back. So it was another method of like I've spent all this money on you, but I really fucking yeah. didn't. Yeah, he's like dangling and, the carrot in front of you and kind of guilt tripping yeah. you. Be like, well, I did this all for you. I did this all for yeah. us. I did this for us. Yeah. Um, this is a sign of human trafficking, not having control of your own money, your cell phone, or or having more than one cell phone in your possession. I had two phones, one for work, one for me. I had to use two phones. I wasn't allowed to have the logins. I wasn't allowed to I wasn't allowed to know what the password to the Snapchat was that I would do my work on. I wasn't allowed to know how to contact my customers without someone supervising it. Right. Everything is monitored. Mm-hmm. And so that uh, when I got the apartment was when I started seeing profit. And by profit, I mean I was given exactly enough money to pay my rent and my utilities every single month. And even then, I had to pull teeth to get it. Yeah. Hey, babe, do you have the rent money? Hey, can I pay the rent? Hey, I need money. I need to go to the bank to deposit it so I can pay it. Please, can I have the money? Please, can I have the money? I was making, I was making a grand a day. Jesus. I was making a grand a day. So that's seven grand a week. Seven times four, I was making a fuck ton of money and I had to pull teeth to get two grand. I was given money to get my hair done because that was work. I had to look good. My job is to look good. I was given money to get my nails done because I had to look good. I was given money to get my eyelashes done. I was not given enough money to buy a week's worth of groceries, but you can always bet your ass I had $200 to get my lashes done. That is so fucked up. I, um, it was definitely, and it's, it's this, the biggest part with being a victim of human trafficking is, is having to sit there and admit to yourself that you fucked up. Mm, yeah. That you are in this situation. It, it, you are, you are in this situation. Normal people in normal relationships don't look up signs for human trafficking. Normal people in normal relationships don't listen to podcasts like this talking about human trafficking. Normal people in normal relationships don't even consider that to be an option. Yeah. Something's wrong. Something's definitely and wrong. That's the, that's the biggest step to take is you have to, you have to jump. You have to be like, this is wrong. Um, my, my ex was a pilot. So I would go on airplanes alone with my ex-boyfriend. And it got to the point where I would send pictures of the airplanes that I was going to be on to my friends and say, hey, I'm about to go on a flight. If you don't hear from me in about eight hours, this is the plane that I'm on. That's not normal. That normal not people normal. don't have that thought process of, hey, I'm going to take a picture of the plane I'm going on just in case I go missing. Yeah, that's that's super backwards. No one should ever think like that. You shouldn't operate like that. And it's 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 like you literally like get made to be insane. You you get gaslit. You get told exactly. that this is normal. 
Um, that's another warning sign. If, if you are getting offered an opportunity to work with somebody in this industry and you are starting to ask questions and all they do is get irritated at you for asking questions, run the other direction. That's a sign that's because a sign. in this industry with your body, you have every fucking right to ask every single question that you might com- comprehend mm-hmm. because something that my boyfriend did not explain to me is when you are in this industry, you are on the internet. Forever. Forever. Exactly. Forever, ever, ever. I've rebranded. My old name used to be Misty. Mm. If you if you Google love um, Misty Love 23 on Google and look at the images, that is pictures from me in active human trafficking. Wow. Actively. I have photos and screenshots of bruises. I would um Oh my god. I would get this is the this is the the darker part. I'm gonna give a warning before I start heading into this. Um, sure. On top of the human trafficking, what makes it so effective is the sexual abuse. Yes, this is common. The sexual manipulation. Um, it's a common um, my the way that my ex used to say it was, men have women have sex, men have attention. What? women have sex men have attention so therefore all i have to offer to him is sex sex yeah that's all i want from him is his attention right that's that's accurate though that's accurate i was looking for an emotional connection with him he was not so he was accurate so what he would do is he would we would have i was 18 years old i lost my innocence on camera I had never used a vibrator before and I did it for, for people I didn't even know. I didn't even comprehend what was happening. Yeah. No one explained to me. Cause at, like at the end of the day, your body is your body and whatever you choose to do with it is your business and your business alone. But you have the right to be the most informed and educated about the decisions that you're about to make. And I was not educated and I was 18 and I trusted someone that was older than me. My boyfriend was 30. Mm-hmm. My boyfriend was 30 years old. I was 18. That That's a red flag. That's another red flag for from, sure. From the jump. From the jump. I'm sorry. Love has no age as long as you're of legal consenting age. But however, comma, 18 years old and a 30 year old and he's trying to get me in porn. That's a red flag. That is a huge red flag. And um, it was the sexual abuse. It was the, it was the, hey, do you want to try something really kinky? I'm going to take these firsts from you these firsts because I wasn't a virgin when I met my boyfriend but I definitely was inexperienced so he he was taking things you know what I mean like these experiences you're always going to remember this forever yeah um he took I remember he took he took and he took things that you can't get back it wasn't money you know it's past the money past the past everything it was it was taking things that you can't get back yeah you give them away and you can't get them back. Yeah. And, and that's um, ingrained into you. It's like watching thousands of mirrors like shatter and being like, oh, it wasn't real. None of it was real. Oh my God. I got played. Like the illusion shatters. My ex-boyfriend would look at me and make it very well known that he was cheating on me. But he was mm. like, it's not cheating because um, men and women have different needs. You don't need to be in, able to talk to anybody else. You are not allowed to talk to men at all. Don't look at them. Right. Don't talk to them. Don't do anything. 
and right so he's controlling you in that aspect but he's allowed to do whatever he wants oh of course right of course he can do whatever the fuck he wants but he's going to dictate what you can and cannot do what i can't do what i can do what i can't do what i can't eat what i can't eat when i can shower when i can't shower when i can go to the bathroom when i can't go to the bathroom when i'm allowed to change my tampon when i'm not allowed to change my tampon what shoes i'm allowed to wear what clothes i'm allowed to wear how i'm allowed to style my hair what color my hair is how short it is i used to have a tattoo of this man's fucking name on my ribs Oh, and there is God. four other women live on camera right now with that same name tattooed on their ribs. Branding. Branding. Like cows. Branding. Yeah. Um, my ex-boyfriend made it very well known that he was cheating on me. And he would look at me while we were having sex and be like, you know, it's your fault that I cheat on you, right? Oh, God. Imagine you are you are fiending for just a little bit of fucking intimacy with your partner. Mm-hmm. And you are having an intimate moment with your partner and they look at you dead in the face and say, do you know that it is your fault that I cheat on you? God. If you just found a girl fortune. Fucks you in the head. If you had just found a girl for us to have a threesome with, I wouldn't cheat on you. Jesus. If you just did and this. If you just did if that. If you just did this. If you just did this. If you just did this. It was never good enough. Yeah. There's always a reason. And um, the physical abuse during sex. So this was not only a a manipulation tactic, but this was also a way to get around it legally. Because how do you think it's going to hold up in court if I stand in front of a court of law and say, my boyfriend only beat me during sex and I didn't like it? Right. Where's the proof? Where is the proof? I can't prove that I was abused, essentially. In a court of law, I can say it all I want and I can show the videos and I can do this and that. But in a court of law, it will not stand. No, it, it doesn't look good for women, unfortunately. And I because hate that. my ex would take, um, oh, uh, signs of human trafficking. You have surveillance in your house and your house feels like it's designed to keep people in, not out. I had guns, knives, um, ammo, um, semi-automatic large firearms. I had shotguns. I had, and it was not to protect me. It was a reminder. Yeah. And if you I fuck know up. That. Yeah. I know that. It would be a running joke my my ex would make about about killing me. It was a joke, funny haha. Not not very funny haha when you're looking at someone holding a loaded weapon. Going, you know, I could just shoot you right now, right? The fact that he's using it as humor is so fucked up on so many levels. It was um, the way I described my ex is, uh, you know, the 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 scene from American Psycho where he's sitting there doing a skincare mm, routine. He's there. There is a there is an idea of 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 Patrick Bateman, uh, something that mm-hmm. you've built in your mind and you can feel my hand against yours and you can tell that you might be able to relate to me a little bit, but I'm not really there is exactly what it was. It's like, you can touch this man. You can see this man. You can tell this man you love him. And he's, he's not real. He's, he is a, a it's it's a ghost. It's someone he is. It is a person that he has crafted and fine tuned to you. It is a mask. Mm -hmm. It's, it's a carefully crafted facade. And, um, he, uh, he started getting more and more physically aggressive during sex. Um, my my family i started slowly stop stopping contact with my family as i started dating further and further in my relationship it was like 
my mom was crazy. She was manipulative. She was gaslighting. This was all his words. My mom's crazy. She's manipulative. She's a gaslighter. Um, she doesn't want you to be happy. She's jealous. Your whole family is jealous about how much money you're making, Maya. Like your whole family is jealous about who you are and who you're with and that you have this and they don't and they're trying to take it from you. So he's trying to isolate you at this point. Those isolation tactics because you're not going to have anyone. You're the only person yet, yet you can rely on. He's the only person that you can rely on at that point. Yeah, um, 100%. I didn't have access to a car. Um, I didn't have access to the key fobs to get into my building. So if I left without permission, I was kind of fucked. Couldn't get back in the building without a key fob. Um, there was, like I said, security cameras everywhere. Um, so that means that he could listen to my phone call conversations at any point he could come in. I have videos of him talking to me through the cameras and, and send, I have text message conversations of him sending me screenshots of me shotgunning a Red Bull over my kitchen sink and him asking me, what were you doing? What? I didn't message him about it or anything. He just messaged me. What were you doing in the kitchen? How violating is that? I had a camera in my bedroom. So now I have this lovely thought of knowing that my ex literally has hours and hours and hours and hours and hours and hours and hours of footage of me being intimate and not like performer intimate, like actually intimate um, with him. And um, he used to take, I remember like he would blindfold me during sex and I could fucking feel the fact that he had a camera. I could feel the fact that he was, you know how you can like know when someone's like taking a video of you? I could feel it. Like he would go from using two hands with whatever he was doing and then one hand would drop off the face of the earth. Exactly. And I, and I would have this thought like he's recording me right now. And, and it was, it was, um, there's this, there's this, um, philosopher. He was enslaved for most of his life. His name is escaping me, but he said, when I was a slave, I had, I had no choice in anything except for being a good slave. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you you adopt right. this mentality of like, well, if I'm stuck here, I'm just going to do what he wants me to do and I'm going to be good at it. Well, it's you also a survival, tactic, though, it's a survival tactic, though, too. It's a survival tactic. If I don't fuck up and I don't do anything wrong, maybe it'll get better. Maybe I'm, it's like you're chasing the, the, the dragon, you know, like it's never as good as your first high. You're, you're, you're yeah. being addicted to a narcissist is never as good as your first high. The first time you meet them is is the bar that you will forever be chasing. That person that they they showed you and then they took away from you, that's the person you're chasing and that person's not real. And um, you know, you have this like you have this choice where it's like, well then fuck it. I'm in charge of one thing in my fucking life and I was and it that was my sex work. Mhm. And so by proxy, it benefited him. It worked exactly the way it was supposed to. I grossed over $500,000 within six months of my camp career. Holy shit. I was a top 50 model on strip chat for six months consecutively, never dropping out of the top 50, hardly ever dropping out of the top 25. Damn. Because I had no other choice. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm like, you and, into this. And um, the, the logic and reasoning was if I was in that room live on camera, he couldn't get in there. I was safe. I was, you couldn't talk to me. You couldn't fuck with my head. You weren't allowed to do anything while I was in that room making you money. And then um, he would watch my streams. He had a user account on the site and he would tip me pretending to be a user to 
to he was a marketing guy. He was starting to try to start tip ladders. He was he was a planted tipper in my room. He was a knight. He would tell me how pretty I looked and how much he loved me. And you would just watch me go, oh, thank you, daddy. Right. And and it was it was you were always being watched, even when you weren't. Like he was sitting in the living room. He was sitting in the other room watching me stream. That is so eerie. Such an uncomfortable feeling. Like the like the more you tell me about your story, I just It's like this un so hard to digest. Yeah. It's 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 just very uneasy. And I remember when when the whole facade started crumpling because there it takes a few things. Uh, like for me, when I left, it took a series of events stacked on top of each other and it was the mm-hmm. straw that broke the camel's back that caused me to leave. Um Tell us about the first the first series of events um was I had a work phone which just so happened to be my ex-boyfriend's old phone. Well, the dude was an idiot and he never wiped the phone before he gave it to me. And I'm a nosy bitch, right? And I know my boyfriend's cheating on me and he just handed me his old phone. What do you think I did? What do you think the first thing I did was? I took out my phone and I took pictures of every single thing that I found on that phone. And when I tell you that I found a contact list that took me 40 seconds to scroll through like this full of women. Oh, I'm not even, God. I'm not even lying. I scrolled through it like this. Oh, that waiting. makes me so sick. And it was, it was, it was um, a line of Mary's, a line of Rebecca's, a line of S- Samantha's. It was, it was multiple women with the same name. And, and then just so he could tell the difference, he would put like a one and then the city he met them in next to it, or like the site that he met them on. Or if, um if you were like me, Cause um, if we're gonna if we're gonna dumb this down, let's call this let's call this sex trafficking in all of its forms. Let's say I'm a 304. Let's say I'm a prostitute. Okay. My pimp, right? My pimp. I had a pimp. Mm-hmm. I was his bottom bitch. I was the one that was supposed to go through all of this the first the la- first and last out. And I was the one that was supposed to get chosen after the re- after we all retired and everything like that. We made our fortune. After I got trafficked, it was then supposed to be my turn to move forward into a wife position, to get right. married, to have kids. That was never going to fucking happen. No. That's the whole point behind having a bottom bitch is you have someone that will do anything for as long as you tell them to. Right. And, um, but I, Jeffrey Epstein had his Gisalane Maxwell. Mm-hmm. I got fucked up yeah. in the head and I started recruiting girls on Tinder too. I hear this and too many times. I started doing it too. And and what I started doing was I would meet up with a girl. I would hang out with her. She would be so fun. And it was like, oh my God, I'm not alone. I can have a friend. I can have a friend to go through this with me because as long as I'm the favorite, I can handle whatever bullshit he throws at me. Right. But I won't be alone. And that's how sick you get. That it's is- like- Misery loves company, right? Right. If I'm stuck here, then why shouldn't someone else be stuck here with me? Oh, my God. And, oh, um, I'm so sorry to hear this. Yeah, and it, it, it definitely is something that keeps me up at night. That, that specific part was the fact that I, I, almost, I almost let him turn me into him. Yeah, and that, like, active participation. Like, I'm sure you might feel – that active, like I actively com- contributed to the fuckery that fucked me up for for I'm never gonna be the same. 
I'm never going to be the same. And that's something that you have to just come to terms with and like find peace in is like, thank God I'm not the same because if I'm, if I was the same as I used to be, I would still be that dumb. And what's to say, like, honest to God, what's to say that that wasn't, that wasn't the worst thing that could have happened to me. What happened to me is I'm, I'm alive. I'm alive. I'm sitting here. I'm using a laptop. I have Wi-Fi and I have AC. Exactly. There's not half as many women that get as lucky as I did. This is so true. This is so, so true. And um, it's unfortunate. Yeah. And then, you know, the series of events started unraveling. I went through the phone more and more. Like every day I would go through the phone and find something else. I found pictures of him laying on a bed with money. I found, you know, I found all of these photos of women with their IDs. Uh, I mean, it was it was like. Oh my god, I found I found all the girls with the tattoos of his name. Oh my god. And it's like oh shit. Oh shit. This is like a revelation for you at this point. I have videos of me going through this phone and all you can hear me say is I'm going, "Oh my god, oh 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 my god." And I'm 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 uh, you can hear like it's imploding. And and for some fucking reason, I stayed. I still stayed. I saw it all. I literally saw it all. I saw everything. And I was like, mm, maybe I'm wrong. I really love him. He mm. loves me. Yeah. That brainwashing. He treats me so good. He treats me so good. Um, he used to have sex with me and go, what would you do if I left you? What did you say to that? I said I would die. Wow. And and he goes, what would you do if I left you? And I remember one day he just kept hitting me in the face over and over again, asking me over and over again, what would you do if I left you? What would you do? Bitch, what would you do if I fucking left you? And, and I said I would kill myself. Oh, my God. And then he kissed me and he was like, good girl. He started asking me, he started asking me, what would you do if I got locked up? What would you do if I went to jail? What are you asking me? What would I do if you went to jail? What are you doing? Yeah, what are you doing? What's going on? I'm actively a victim of a crime being like, why would you be going to jail? Like, you're actively committing a crime against me. And I'm like, what What are you doing? That's illegal. Mm-hmm. And um, all in all, in total, um, of all the money that I made, and I want to say with the way he invested it in Bitcoin, he put all my money in Bitcoin, um, in the way he invested it and how much money I made across platforms. I was not only streaming on strip chat, I was streaming on bonga cams. I was streaming on Chatterbait. I had an OnlyFans account. I had grossed a million dollars at the age of 18 in six fucking months. That's nuts. That's I so was on track to be the top name in this fucking industry, but I wasn't allowed to talk to anybody. I wasn't allowed to communicate with anybody. I didn't exist except inside these four walls. I was a, have you ever seen Cam Girl, the movie, the horror movie where she like fucking sees like it, it literally that, literally that bitch. Oh my God. You watch, you watch your streams back and you're like, oh my God, I did that. I did that. And I didn't even, I didn't even put any thought into what I was doing. I just did it. And now it's out there forever. And now everyone gets to see me shove something in my ass. And I wasn't ready for that. That's the part that bothers me is, is I wasn't ready for that. I'm a content creator now. I have no problem sticking shit up my ass. However, comma, I have understood and processed what that means. Yeah, because now it's on your own terms. Because it's a me. Yeah. And um, 
I, I feel like one of the other things that contributed to me wanting to leave was, you know, the abuse, the getting cheated on. It was definitely something that was always in the back of my mind. I think it's what caused like my mental deterioration to the point where I, I broke. Yeah. And, um, I re- I remember there was like a, a span of, I think two months where all I did was just, I woke up and I would cry and I would, I would go to sleep crying and I cried every day and I cried all day. And the only time I wasn't crying was when I was on stream. And even when I was on stream, I would just turn away from the camera oh and I would cry God. on stream. Oh I would sit God. there and shake my ass while crying. I I got, I got so self-destructive. You know, I had a tip menu item to spank myself and I would sit there and I would hit myself. I would fucking hit myself. I would, I would hurt myself on stream just because I got so self-destructive. It was a pain that I was in fucking control of. I was, I was okay with this. Mm-hmm. And, and I would, I bruised up my ass like this big. Oh my God. And like, I, for those of you who can't see, like the size of a papaya. That's huge is what she, yeah. she's showing on camera right now. It's, it's like the, the side, the entirety of my cheek and like lower back. I just kept hitting. And, um, it was, it was definitely like, you kind of sit there and you look at the mirror and you're like, who the fuck is that? Yeah. Who am I? Who, who happened to me? You, you start losing like who you, who you were and start becoming like that person, that person that you cam as that, that persona, like that's not healthy. That's not healthy to become like one with it, like have it be you and have no separation whatsoever. Like all you do is masturbate. You are not a real person. You are a toy. Yeah. Yeah. And it fucks with your head. I mean, um, and, and as, as shocking as it may sound as, uh, what caused me to leave was my cat spilled 25 pounds of cat food all over my floor. That was it. I called my boyfriend. And I contact. Said, yeah, I called my boyfriend. And I said I, I need a I need a vacuum. There's cat food all over the floor. I was I was very upset. I was crying. I was freaking out. I was very emotionally fragile. Like any minor inconvenience would cause like me to shatter. Yeah. Because I was fuck. I was getting attacked from all sides. I was getting gaslit. I was getting abused. I was getting manipulated. Like my brain was in survival mode. So yeah. every single thing that was happening to me was a fight or flight response. Every single thing. I was in survival mode. I was 83 pounds. Oh my gosh. My ex looked at me and said, double digits, baby. Double digits. I want to see you weigh double digits. He, I, I weighed 120 when I met him. When I left him, I weighed oh 83 fucking pounds. You so, lost 40 pounds in six months. That's In six oh months, just by not eating. And uh, I survived on alcohol, energy drinks, and chips. And um, I called him and I said, I, you know, the cat f- spilled cat food everywhere. I'm freaking out. I'm crying. And I'm like, I don't know what to do. Can you please just bring a vacuum over here? I had gotten a girl to start working for us. Mm-hmm. So I was in charge of her. I was in charge of setting up everything for her. I was in charge of doing all this for her. And, and there was an arrangement between them that she was going to get 10% of her profits. Oh. Because, he, she, because she wasn't his girlfriend. She was my friend that I had gotten into the industry. So to get around the whole like trafficking thing, I'm going to give you 10% of your earnings because I need to keep 40 for taxes. Mm. 
That's fucked. Does that make any sense? Have you ever heard of the government taking almost half of what you make in taxes at all? No. There's deductions for that exact reason, correct? Yeah, exactly. Um, So they discussed, you know, 10% of the profit and because she wasn't his girlfriend. And he said, well, it'll take her about a month to start getting paid because we need to make sure that she's worth the time and the effort. So you can sit here for two months and make a decent amount of money, but if it's not as much money as we want you to make, we're keeping it and you don't get paid. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this is like the, I was getting her set up. I was stressed out. Nothing was working. I was having technical difficulties. And like I said, everything was a fight or flight. Everything yeah. was an adrenaline rush. It was, it was exhausting all the time. It was like, you were, you were always getting attacked. It's because your brain is so fragile. And um, he says, listen, Maya, pick it up with your fucking hands. A five-year-old can figure it out. Your fucking attitude all fucking day has been fucking disgusting. I don't want to see you for the rest of the fucking day. You can stay over there in that apartment. I don't want to fucking see you. Like, don't fucking call me. Don't text me. Don't talk to me. You're lucky if I let you fucking come home tonight. Wow. And I shattered. I have... Um, a few mental disorders. Okay. And I've, I've, I've had them under control for a very long time. And, Mm -hmm. and one of them being, I, I, I have, um, autism. I'm on the Mm -hmm. autism spectrum Mm -hmm. and, um, I raged. I was throwing things around my bathroom. I was punching my wall. I was screaming at the top of my lungs. Like I didn't give a fuck anymore. I was done. And I sat there and I just felt empty. And I sat in front of the computer because I was, you know, viewing the girl that I was grooming on screen, coaching her how to be a cam girl. And I sat there and I was like, I'm, I'm a monster. Mm, This is like, uh, I'll start crumbling down at this moment. Yeah. 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 It's, it's, it's it's like, I'm, it's all falling apart in that very moment. It was all falling apart. I was seeing the forest for the trees I was seeing each and each and every individual moment that was not right. And I had seen like the mountain that I had allowed to build up. It's like my, my kitchen was on fire. And I looked over while I was playing a video game and the video, the video game was just too good. And I, so I, I was like, okay, I'll deal with it later. My kitchen's on fire, but it's not that bad. I'm sure it'll go out by itself. So I went back to playing the video game. Hmm. And, and, and I look over again and the person I'm playing video games with is like, come on, bro, focus on the video game. And my, my kitchen's on fire. And, and, and I look over and they're like, come on, we're losing. And you start playing again and you forget about the fire. And then you look over and your, your couch is on fire and your whole house is on fire and you're, you're surrounded by this huge fire. And, and the person playing video games with you is just like, no, come on, the video game, come on, look at the video game. Look at this thing that has no sustenance. Don't look at what's actually happening. Right. And, um, I trigger warning for this specific portion as well. I took one of the many guns that I had in my house. Oh my God. And I I loaded it. And, and for the past month or two, I had been getting myself comfortable with the thought of shooting myself. Mm -hmm. I I was suicidal for an extremely long time before this. I have a text message from my ex saying, if I see you going through my drawers again, you're done because he saw me pick up his gun. He told later ex-girlfriends that I was doing that for attention. My guy, we would all been on Fox 5 real fast. 
You know what I mean? Like we would have, like, this would have been an international news story. This was not for attention. I was literally going to blow my brains out. Yeah. And, you know, you start having these dark thoughts of like, I'm going to suck, start this pistol and I'm done. I'm done. And I had this thought I was, I'm, I'm done. If, cause what did I tell him? What did I tell him every single time I had sex with him? If I wanted to leave, if I had to live a life without you, I wouldn't, I would, I would die. I would kill myself. I would cease to fucking exist. So ergo logical point of process in my brain was I don't want to be with him anymore. So I have to die. Wow. And, and I, uh, I racked the pistol and I, I put it up against my head and I was, I was going to shoot myself. And I kept hesitating because the only thing that scared me about killing myself in that moment in time was how bad it was going to hurt for just that moment. That was it. I had no thoughts about the people I was leaving behind, the family that loved me, all of these things that had, that still existed. It was just like I was in a bubble and I, none of it crossed my mind. It was, it was, if I can't live with him, I have to live without him and I can't live without him. So I'm going to die. What stopped you? I had this thought where I was like, you know what? I'm a very spiritual person. You know what? I'm going to give it one one crack. I'm going to give it one crack. And I said, I'm going to call my fucking father. Wow. My dad has never answered a fucking phone call I have ever sent to him. I didn't know really. I still don't really know my dad. I, I know my father in passing. He's a, not a very prominent person in my life. Mm-hmm. And and so I was like, you know what? If I call this stupid motherfucker and he answers, then I won't kill myself. And on top of that, you know how iPhones have the Hey Siri function? My fucking phone never does that shit. It never works. Mm-hmm. So I was like, you know what? Two shots. I'm going a, I'm to a, I'm a say Hey Siri. I'm going to tell it to call my father. And if it does both of those things, then I won't eat this bullet. And it did. Wow. And I started talking to my dad, and my dad was aware that the situation wasn't right. Yeah. I had called my dad several times when I found the phone. I had called my dad and been like, hey, I think I found some stuff on my boyfriend's phone that I shouldn't have seen. And he was saying, like, well, a bed full of money usually means gang activity or hookers. And he's like, so be careful. So my dad was already aware of, like, Something's not right. Something wasn't right with my daughter. Right. And I, I told him what was happening. I told him that I, I, I was going to kill myself. And he was like, no, I think that's kind of a dumb idea. I think you should just pack your stuff and leave. And I said, I, I can't do that. I can't do that. I can't do that. I I can't live without him. I can't do it. And my dad was like, well, you're going to have to. Mm-hmm. And he was like, because what do you think comes after this? It's still time without him, isn't it? Right. You just don't get to spend it with everyone else you care about. Mm-hmm. And um, I I sat up and I I called my best friend. She's a performer, too. Her name's Cherry. You met her at the White yeah. Out too. Yeah. She, she, was, she was helping me document everything. Wow. She was helping me through it i wasn't allowed to be friends with her my ex-boyfriend was like you are not allowed to be friends with her specifically her because he saw how close we were we've been friends since high school and um he i kept in touch with her in secret all the time i had this group chat i would send them pictures of everything that i would see that didn't make sense or that didn't sit right and she would 
she would help me keep track of it. That's amazing. And I called her and I was like, hey, um, I think I'm ready to leave. And she goes, oh, thank God, finally. She's like, I'm calling everyone that I know in your state. Someone's going to come pick you up. Yeah. And I was like, I was like, nah, nah, it, I started backing out. I was, you know, it was like this wishy-washy of like, I stayed on the phone with, with Cherry or my father the entire time. I, I was very aware of the cameras in my house. And so I, I very calmly and carefully got up because there's a, a girl in my house. Right. Yep. There's a girl in my, in my guest bedroom streaming. So I carefully get up and I grab my documents that I had in that house. He still has my passport and my birth certificate. Jeez. But um, I, I pulled all the paperwork that I had at the house. I made sure that I brought all my, you know, tax refunds. And because I had to spend my tax refund on, um, on rent. I wasn't allowed to keep that money. Um, so I just made sure I had the actual checks because I knew that they were important and that he shouldn't be in possession of them. Right. And, um, I, I, I carefully like just brought them into the bathroom because the bathroom in my house was one of the only places that I didn't have a camera because my ex, my ex didn't want to see me be gross. He didn't want to see me shit. He had this idealized idea of what a woman is and having her be unfeminine, unclean, or gross was not in the agenda. There you go. You're not going to watch me shower. You're not going to watch me wipe my ass. You're not going to watch me piss. He didn't want to see that. So it was safe. My closet, I used to have, I used to smoke weed. I wasn't allowed to smoke weed. I wasn't allowed to, I was not allowed to smoke weed. I wasn't allowed allowed to do drugs. Um, I had to stay clean. Right. So I would smoke weed in my closet because I knew there wasn't a camera. Mm-hmm. And um, I uh, I started packing up. I dumped out. Where is it? I actually still have it. Oh. I dumped out this backpack. I was in the United States Army, by the way. Oh, my um, God. You're full of surprises, Maya. Right? I, uh, <laughs> I dumped out this backpack and I – it even has an M on it and everything. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, I uh, – Dumped out that backpack and I packed a week's worth of clothes, all my documents, and I took my comfiest pair of shoes, and I remember writing a note on a piece of paper saying, um, X's name, I love you. I'm sorry I can't do this anymore. Goodbye. Yeah. And I, I took my cat, I grabbed my backpack, I packed everything up, and... I took one last look at my apartment and my cameras. Mm-hmm. I grabbed my keys off the table and I flipped off the cameras as I walked out. Wow. Yeah. And I went, I, I said, fuck you. And I walked out yeah. on the cameras because I knew it was going to be on fucking recording. Yeah. I went, you'd be you. watching that. Totally. And um, I went out to my leasing office and I told my leasing office everything. Wow. And they they were like, do you need us to call the police? Do you need? And I was like, can I just sit in here until my Uber gets here so I can get out of the state? Yeah. Because I'm not going to be able to pay rent. I'm going to keep it 100% with you. I My boyfriend gave me fake bank statements. I am so sorry. I If I didn't do it, I wouldn't have had a place to live. I would have been – I'm sorry. Yeah. You were coerced and, in the situation. 
and and I remember she the building manager got on like got on her knees like down to me because I was sitting down and she looked at me she was as far as I'm concerned Maya it's only the second of the month and rent isn't due until next month on the first mm-hmm. it was the 14th so I had two weeks into the first month and right. and, and so I, I I had so much time before I even had to worry about breaking a lease yeah. She's right. like, as far as I'm concerned, you live here for the next few days, few weeks. Yeah. And so they were like, so get somewhere safe. Yeah. Call us then. And um, since I abandoned my apartment with a lot of expensive stuff in it, they auction it off oh. and lower the amount that it costs for me to break the lease. Um, so that luxury $2,600 a month apartment that I was living in, I only had to pay three grand to break the lease. Really? They worked with me. That's awesome. And um, yeah, I, I, I left my phone mm-hmm. on a planter and uh, he found it because I was gone. I yeah. texted him, I love you. And then I turned my phone off Yeah, and I left it outside on a planter and he found it and he's letting one of his girlfriends use it now. And I hope she goes right. through and sees everything because he obviously doesn't know how to wipe phones. So no. <laughs> it's probably too late, by the way. Um <laughs> Because he did wipe that phone that I found all that information on, but like two weeks after he gave it to me. So like any, I, and I just pretended like I hadn't gotten a chance to look at the phone yet. Yeah. I got Ubered to an address and then got picked up from that address and drove two hours outside of the city. And I stayed in an RV because I wanted to be super secure and hidden. And I ditched every piece of technology that I owned. I had my bag searched by my cop family member so they could make sure that I didn't have any tracking devices in my bag or anything like that and and we I hold out in an RV and had reoccurring nightmares of my abuser ripping open the curtains and saying I fucking found you that's oh my gosh and I I called the human trafficking hotline several times and hung up because I was in denial that I was trafficked Mm-hmm. I didn't. It, it, I didn't even understand that I was trafficked after I left. It only. It took quite a bit after I left for me to understand what actually happened to me. Yeah, for you to process this. Mm-hmm. It's a and, lot. Um, my family members were. I was a missing person in my state for seventy-two hours. Oh my god! Three days. I fell off the face of the earth, and you know, you know who, who didn't notice. My family. My family didn't notice because I had already been so alienated from them that three days without hearing from me was not anything out of the ordinary. That was considered as normal. And, oh, um, that's so sad. I've, I've since found out the other point of view from what happened after I left. And apparently my abuser um, found out that I left relatively quickly oh. after I left. Mm-hmm. Like he was over, over at my apartment within like 15 minutes of me leaving. Like, wow. Out. That is close. That's a close call. And I, I, I was so scared. That, that was the one thing that was running through my head was like, no matter what, you cannot fucking run into him. Like, if you run into him, you need to scream like, like, fire! Like, you know what I mean? Like, something like, you need to get the hell away from him. He's going to, like, snatch you up. Exactly. And um, I remember my, my mom found out what was happening and she was calling and texting my phone like she didn't know where I was. And she had a really interesting conversation with my my abuser because he picked up my phone. He answered my phone. 
and said, oh, oh, do you have any idea where Maya is? I've, she just, she went off the rails the other day and I just haven't been able to find her. And she just, she just ran off and I'm so worried about her. And, and my mom goes, you know, that's really cute. Uh, where's the hundred thousand over that you owe? Yeah. My daughter. Yeah. And he said, he said, oh, that sounds like extortion. Should I get a lawyer? Wow. Your girlfriend's missing, my guy. Your girlfriend's missing. My parents finally like understood because they thought I was, not that they thought that I was lying, but they, they, it was so hard to fathom. It's such an, it's such a crazy situation to be in that it's Mm -hmm. like, there's no way. And it's like, oh no, 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 no. There, there is a hundred percent a way. Absolutely. 100%. Wow. There's a way. And you know, he, um, a lot of the, the things that, that my abuser did, he um, it, it's checking off the list. Like I can, if you'll allow me to go down the list from the Canadian Center to End Human Trafficking after hearing yeah. my story and seeing what boxes this checks. Um, Please. Warning signs. Someone may be a victim of human trafficking include being controlled by others, driven to and from relocations and escorted at all times, being controlled mm-hmm. and watched by others, having someone speak for them in public. Not yeah. having a passport or other forms of ID in their possession. Not having control of their own money or cell phone. May have more than one cell phone in their possession. Passport and ID doc- documents confiscated by others. Not being familiar with the neighborhood they live or work in. Being moved frequently, claiming to be new or just visiting. Not being allowed to contact family or friends. Lying about age, false ID. Providing scripted or rehearsed answers to casual questions and may be in possession of excess cash outside their financial means and have hotel keys. So, um, if you'll allow me to illustrate something. Of course. Absolutely. If you could ask me what happened to my face. What happened to your face, Maya? Oh, so the funniest thing happened. Oh, my God. My ex-boyfriend, we're uh, hanging out, and we literally were at the pool, and he was getting, like, way too rough, and I got held onto the water for, like, a little too long, and it was so funny. It was so hilarious. It was it was funny, right? Ha, 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 Oh, my God. So this is what the fabricated scripted, story. Scripted, rehearsed answers. Like, that whole, like – Oh, yeah. Oh, I, I ran into a pole and gave myself a black eye and bursted capillaries all over my face. I'm not being strangled in the in, in my house. Like, I mean, I have memories of like, my boyfriend literally lifting me up off the floor by my neck and like me almost blacking out. And then the next day, like having to go to like my brother's birthday. Because like I said, like I made it a I had a fight to see my family. So I was like, it's my brother's birthday. I'm gonna go see them. And um, and my, my grandma being like, oh, my God, what happened to your face? Yeah. And me just being like, oh, uh, uh, oh, <laughs> me and my boyfriend get way too crazy in the bedroom. It's like we, like, get, like, wild. It's super fun. What? You're not kinky? Are yeah. you? You're not kinky? That's not, that's not kinky, bitch. That's abuse. There's a difference. Yeah. Yep. There's mental signs. Um like in behavior, um, <laughs> using slang terminology that is popular within the sex industry subculture, mm. daddy, yep. pimp, bottom. Yep. All that. Um, expressing fear and intimidation through facial expressions or body language. I looked like a kicked puppy all the time. 
uh, may have visible signs of substance dependency. I was addicted to my ex-boyfriend, not drugs, but I was 83 pounds and I looked like a crackhead. Uh, fearful of law enforcement. Yeah, cops mm-hmm. were no bueno. Right. Um, act in fearful or anxious, submissive or nervous manner, excessive concern about displeasing partner or employer. I got my hair fried at a hairdresser one day. Mm. And she was like, well, I hope you're ready for a big haircut. And I had a mental breakdown in the middle of that salon because I knew my boyfriend would dump me if I cut my hair short. And no one understood why I was crying, like freaking yeah. out, panicking. Yeah. Um, physical appearance, maybe dressed in age and appropriate clothing. I was always dressed, for lack of a better term, like a hooker. Right. I was I was a, a toy. I was a Barbie doll. You'd get to dress yeah. me up and I get to look so hot and sexy all the time, even when it's not appropriate for yeah. me to be dressed the way that I am. It was totally. still what my ex wanted. It was what he wanted, so it was what I did. Um, yeah. Maybe dress in a, a clothing inappropriate for the time of year or context. Suddenly mm-hmm. have expensive clothing, purses, shoes, nail services, branding with tattoos of the trafficker's name or symbol. May have bruises. Other signs of physical abuse, including malnourishment, lacking basic medical services. So I have uh, impacted wisdom teeth. And um, I was supposed to get them taken out. And uh, I got left at my house and ignored for 12 hours because I had an attitude. So I was denied medical care. I was denied dental work. My mouth hurts all the time. I was denied, I was denied medical care because of my attitude. And what was I going to do? Pay for it myself? With yeah. no fucking money. Yeah. I'm so sorry that this happened to you, Maya. Like this is – and the fact that you're able to speak about it so clearly and so vividly is I've, I've, amazing. I've told this story over and over and over and over and over and over and over again because I have this fear that I'm going to forget something. And I, I remember taking – you know, like I, I've a lot of my integrity has come into question constantly throughout my career. And there is there is one thing that I will not I will not fucking allow. And it, and it is for people to question my integrity on what the fuck I went through and what mm-hmm. the fuck I was. Yes, because because if you if you Google yourself, you can find pictures of me with huge bruises all over my fucking body. I have the proof I have. I know what happened to me. And I will, I will sit here and I will tell it over and over and over again. And I will, I will remember as many fucking details as I can. And I will try to say it as eloquently and as concisely as possible because I didn't go through this for no fucking reason. Yep, exactly. And, and for me to just, to slip into this, this, this cycle of women getting out and getting addicted to drugs to try to escape it, forget it. And and then you forget it and it's gone and there's nothing you can do. You went through it and it's for nothing. Mm -hmm. And, and I, I I don't want that to happen. I don't, I don't want to lose it. I don't want to, I don't want to lose it. It's, 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 it's what happened to me for a reason. Because if, 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 if this had happened to, to someone who, who wasn't as prepared as I already was, it would have killed them. Because I've heard the stories of the girls that came after me. I've, I've contacted damn near every single one of his girlfriends. 
Mm-hmm. Hi, I've talked to every single one of your ex-girlfriends. And, and it's, 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 I had it the worst. Jeez. And that, that's something that, that really fucking sucks. Is you sit there and you, you hear them tell all these stories and it's like, oh, he just hated me. And not, he, he, he loved to like, he, I was his like little punching bag. Like the only thing that this man liked about me was how, how much pain he was able to cause on a consistent basis to me. Like it was sadistic. Yeah. I mean, like I heard that he hated women. Like, I mean, I'll, I'll say, cause I, I don't want to get <laughs> in trouble with anything here and the legal repercussions and whatnot, but he is well known. Um, he has a bit of a following too. Um, with the article you sent me and yeah, he had this hate towards women. Yeah. And, um, this idealization of this, this whole women are dumb, small and easy to conquer and we are men. And then, um, that, that whole, like we are men and I, I decided, and, and I know with and this has only to do with the topic that we are we are discussing right now and and I understand that the way that this might come out might sound a little selfish or a little one-sided but this industry was made for women mm-hmm. no I hear you sometimes there are some men that have no fucking business being here no disrespect to my fellow male performers I've met hundreds of of good male performers there's a lot of bad ones. There's a lot of bad ones. There's a lot of bad photographers. There's a lot of bad studios. There's a lot of bad managers. There's a lot of bad performers. There's people literally getting away with with rape, assault. Oh, yes. You name selling it. Selling humans. Like, like, what the hell is happening? And and that's the that's the whole the reason why I I left. And I was like, I'm going to get a, a normal job and I'm going to put this all behind me. And I went, uh, mm, I don't think I'm going to. Yeah. Because I, I didn't get this far to only get this far. No. Um, I'd love for you to – I know like we've talked about warning signs. We've talked about that. We've talked about your story, how you escaped. Um, I want to kind of shift gears a little bit in terms of like – your resiliency, where that strength comes from, and how you're able to go back and go into actual sex work. Because what you were doing before was exploitative. So um, I took about a two-month hiatus after I got out of my situation. I, I basically sat and did nothing which was nice after working every day for six months. And it was, it was like, Oh my God, it stopped. Yeah. You could do whatever you want now. Yeah. And, and I chose to do absolutely nothing. And that was the way that I chose to care for myself was that I needed to take a break and I needed to really take a break, like a real break, like a yeah. don't worry about anything. Yeah. Just, fair enough. Just recuperate, put your brain back together. Yeah. Um, and, and it's all about like that whole, like putting your brain back together. It's yeah. Like a big puzzle piece. That's it's like, you're playing 52 card pickup. Mm-hmm. 
and um you just have to go back to the things that you you go back to the things that you were before and and not even and and I've since found that a lot of the the people that I knew before a lot of the things that I was doing before I don't really care for anymore mm-hmm. but reconnecting to to who you were prior is super important Mm-hmm. of like a it's like the feeling of like oh my god I'm real I'm really real like yeah. I actually am real like I don't I, I I knew people I I lived before this like I knew I did things and um that was definitely really important and I I started looking around in my area because I, I went to the opposite side of the country I was not playing any games yeah I was I got as far as ways I could as fast as I could and I started looking in my area you know for like jobs gas station yeah. Or Any- out of Starbucks again, anything. And yeah. I, um, I just sat and I was like, I didn't, I didn't get this far to only get this far. I feel like if I just stop, it's like, it wasn't, I just did it all. And I got nothing from it. I learned so much about the industry. I got, you know, like I was, I was basically given all the information to be the most profitable. I physically fucking could. I had all the information. I have all of it. I know, yeah. I know everything. And it's like, I was given this like yeah. gift. And now I don't, I, I have to do something with it. It would be, it would be a shame to not. Yeah. Cause like and, you were given all the tools of the trade and it would be a shame for you to like not reap the profits of that. Absolutely. And, and, and of that. course, you know, I would be lying if there wasn't a little bit of like a, a vindictive part of me. It was like, fuck you. If you thought I was going to fucking die without you, I'm going to show you that I'm going to live 20 times better than I would have ever did with you. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like your shitty Ferrari don't mean nothing to me. I'll buy my own. And um, it was like that, just like you know, like fuck you, like a fuck, fuck this, fuck you. I'm gonna come back and I'm gonna, I'm gonna be just as good as I was. And guess what? It's not your money anymore. And I, you know, it was a lot of a struggle of keeping up with this. Like I had this like this standard in my head that I was trying to uphold. And I was like, that's unrealistic. You were getting trafficked. You were being exploited. That's how you did so good is it? you didn't listen to your body. You didn't listen to when it was, when it was too much. You didn't stop when you were tired. That's like, that's key to burnout. Yeah. And it's like, and it's because you didn't have a choice, but now you do. And just because you're not making as much money as you were before, doesn't mean that you're not doing good. Mm-hmm. It's not all about the money. Yeah. It's about the cultivating a, a community. And that's something that I, I dedicated my entire career to from when I was being trafficked to now was I, I, I wanted to cultivate a community of like actually giving a shit. And, 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 and not in like a superficial, like, I'm going to help you. And then I'm going to, I'm going to say, well, you owe me now because I helped you or, or you should, you should praise me because I helped you. I did such a nice thing. Where is my praise? It's, it's just give a fuck. Yeah, just care. Even though it doesn't, even though it doesn't affect me and my life and my world will continue to spin no matter what the fuck is happening in yours, it doesn't mean that I can't take the moment to just stop and fucking listen. And that's because that's all we have. That's all we have is each other. Mm-hmm. That's so. And, and it gets it gets it gets lost in this like it's, it's just porn, but it's not. It's the most intimate thing we fucking do. Right. It's personal. It's it's oh, sex yeah. is so personal. Even even when it's not, even when you you take the emotion out of it and it's just it's the combining of two things, regardless of these two energies and their meeting. It's 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 emotional. Mm-hmm. 
you know, you, you get to know someone with your coochie out and you get to, you know, a lot more. I know a lot more about my, 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 my clients, my fans, however you want to call them, than than I know about normal people that I interact with on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. They're prone to be more honest. They're prone to be more candid, even if they're not being honest about the situation, they're candid about the feelings that they're feeling. Very vulnerable, very vulnerable, very intimate as well. That's the work that we do. Yeah. And that's why I fell in love with it was just like, I, 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 I could decommercialize myself. It's, it's completely up to me now. And that's such a bizarre feeling. And it's, it's definitely a scary one. It's a lot of responsibility, but it's once you realize like you already know how to do what you're doing. Mm-hmm. You got the agency now though. Yeah. You, you just have to get out of your head. Like I can do this without you. And that's the biggest block is like, you can do this with that without them. Well, I love that. That's, that's so key because like, I'm, I'm just so glad to hear that there is like a silver lining to this whole situation, to your whole situation, your story, and that you're able to come back from it. I feel like I've accomplished more in this later part of my career than I did in my early and I've, I've been, I've been, I haven't been out for as long as I was in yet. And Mm -hmm. I feel like I've accomplished more now than I did in the six months that I was in. I've, I've, you know, had the pleasure of working at Exotica's. I've had the pleasure of, of meeting all these amazing creative minds and people. And I've, you know, I've learned a few lessons along the way and I've definitely made some enemies, but like, that's part of the game. And that's part of the fun is just, you know, I'm not everyone's cup of tea. I'm more of a shot of whiskey and I really don't give a shit either way. <laughs> well, Maya, with that, there are a couple questions that came in as well. Absolutely. Um, and they're kind of complex. Oh, they can be complex. It really just depends on how you're digesting it. But there's a bit of context with them. So I'm going to go, I'm going to read it off my phone because there's a lot that was here. So the first one is, and this one came from Twitter. What are your opinions on the total decriminalization of sex work in a democratic society? And this person gave a bit more context. Um, this person said, uh, I'm against the total decrim of sex work in democratic society because decrim and legalization are proven to increase the rates of trafficking and vulnerable people from impoverished societies into democratic societies where the rewards are big and the risk is low. And she is wanting to just hear others' opinions on these matters, especially individuals who have had firsthand experience with the negatives. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I feel like it's a very double-edged sword with the decriminalization because, um, you know, as, as, as a whole, we kind of all recognize like we are not people in the eyes of the law. The things that mm-hmm. we experience and things that we go through are kind of tabooed and they are, you know, oh, well, you're a sex worker, so how could you have gotten raped? Like, no, it's a, it's a not a sex worker thing. It's a consent thing. We still have the cap- capacity to say yes and no and stuff like that. And, and I feel like with, with decriminalization, yes, it does raise the question, will, will trafficking increase? But also it raises the question, if we are, if we are stepping forward into detabooing this, this concept of, of making it not illegal, um, Mm -hmm. why, why would you punish the women walking on the streets when it's not their fault? It's their pimp that's taking their money. They are simply surviving. You should not be punished for doing what it takes to fucking survive. And if you want to get religious about it, God gives everyone the right to defend themselves mm-hmm. in whatever manner that may be. Right. The, the, the universe gives everyone the right to defend themselves. It is well within your right to defend yourself however you may see fit to survive. Mm-hmm. 
and and I feel like it, it's it, it it's part of the problem to just lock up these like you know to lock up three or fours that are walking the street and and punish them and not the fucking pimp that's making them walk. Yeah, how backwards? Because is that? do you think do you think if they had a choice that they that they would be doing this like this way? Because like I said, your body, your choice, your discretion. But at the same time, if someone's telling you to do something, it's different than you making that decision on yeah. your own. That's very different. And those two get conflated all the time. But with decriminalization, you also need to have standards put in place. You know, there there needs to, it can't be just decriminalizing it. There has to be several other things put in place directly immediately afterwards to um, set standards to, um, I'm trying, the word is escaping me, um, you know, like set rules, regu- regulate the industry to regulate it. Um, you know, like there has to be, contracts on file they have to be notarized in order for them to be valid which means that somebody has to stamp them and you know like we can get into the the convoluted of con- convolutedness of like but like people can still become a notary and notarize their own documents yada, yada yes but when you start throwing wrenches in the works this system they do the same thing every single time when you stop making them be able to do the same thing every time it slows them down and when you start making them not be able to do the same thing every time at the same time they have to keep changing every time Mm. it's harder it's not ever gonna crime is never gonna stop no there is never not gonna be people doing illegal things crime laws are, are 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 suggestions in their very form it's really honestly up to you if you're willing to accept the consequences for breaking a law correct there is nothing physically inhibiting you from committing a crime it is your conscious decision that you know that there are consequences yes and you know that there you don't want to deal with them hypothetically laws are a suggestion there is always (laughs) going to be people breaking them right and so it's it's just like that regulating that that decriminalizing yes it's a double edged sword but I, I genuinely think that the way that we have been going about it thus far hasn't been working it has been working yeah and like as, as as you mentioned like decrim is only one part of the equation it's not the be all and end all that would be it would be ignorant of us to just decriminalize it and leave it at that like oh, all the problems are solved it's not legal anymore no no no, no. no you just created a whole different problem that we now have to but now we can regulate it because it's a law now, it's legal. We can regulate legal activity. It's the same concept behind marijuana. We couldn't regulate marijuana because it wasn't legal. But now that it's becoming more legal, we can regulate it. Right. Well, great answer. Very eloquent. Wonderful. You've got opinions. I love it. <laughs> I, was a de- I was a debate team kid, so. I can tell. <laughs> Um, we got the last question here, and there's a bit of context as well. So this one's from Instagram. So does Maya think that sex work should be made legal? Again, this is kind of in a similar um, similar landscape. Or should it be banned or further restricted? And this person elaborated, um, I know someone who is a former sex worker who also became a victim more than once, I believe. But now she's pretty much anti-sex work. And the organization she volunteers for is in favor of anti-sex work laws and legislation. So I just wanted to know her perspective and what she thinks in regards to laws, et cetera. The way that I believe and the way that I operate in my everyday life is I think I think allowing the government to set a precedence on things that we are and are not allowed to do with our bodies is a dangerous precedent to set. So I am never going to be anti-sex work because who the hell am I to tell people what they can and cannot do with their bodies? By setting a precedence that someone else can tell us 
what we can and cannot do in the privacy of our own homes is setting a precedent. So of course, I'm never going to be anti-sex work. The only thing that with my experience as a, as a victim of human trafficking and everything like that, the only thing that I personally want to push for and, and something that I want to take the steps to to lead the way on is I want to raise the age. Mm, okay. I feel, like that, that, I feel like that is a good way to start is, is and I'm 19 years old. This, if I try to pass this law, this law would effectively put me out of work. Mm. So, so mm. this is how strongly I feel about it is, is I genuinely do not think at the age of 18, I was able to understand and comprehend the consequences, the weight, the, the price this industry takes, because yeah. this industry is, is like a deal with the devil. You, you will give and you will give and it will take and it will take. And you have to be able to stop it. You have to be able to cognizantly be in charge of yourself and your environment and who you surround yourself with. Are you making the best decisions at 18 at all? No, no one did. No one ever no did. One is. I'm still not making the best decisions and I'm 19 years old. And, you know, I, the only thing that I have to thank for is, is the experiences that I've gone through have aged me in my, in my mind. They have given yeah. me an, an older person's perspective on things. Right. And, and that's the only thing that, that I think is saving me now from being as, as dumb as I could be is, is I don't, I don't think that 18 year olds should be able to make that decision. No. Yeah. That's in the, in really the United States point. of America, we don't let them drink at, eight, at 18. We make them wait till they're 21. You can't even smoke. You can't even smoke under 18 in the United States of uh, under 21 in the United States of America. So why are we letting people make porn? Hmm. This is a great – oh, this is such a great question. Exactly. It's contributing answer. to this 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 uh, concept of, like, this industry, as we're all aware, is very – has some very pedophilic tendencies. Yeah. That – yeah, that's definitely – It, it does. Elephant in the room, it does. It's the reason why I make a conscious decision to have body hair is you will not look at me like I'm a little fucking girl. I right. am fully tattooed. I am not a little fucking girl. I have – piercings i am not a girl i am a grown fucking woman and you will not treat me like i am a girl and um i feel like raising that age because think about the fucking disgusting concept behind like barely legal oh yeah. we waited till this girl turned 18 to get her that's grooming you're admitting to grooming that studio that says i waited until this girl turned 18 to start filming porn with her you groomed her that is the exact precedence and that's something that we are not willing to talk about is like you can you can an 18 year old can be like that that was my idea all day long but fucking was it because yeah. are you sure gaslighting is a hell of a motherfucker and 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 you can be convinced that it was your idea all day long but really was it yeah because that's what they want that's you to think it, it, the, the most effective manipulation is when it is you think it is your idea mm-hmm and, and, and it's like, oh, we waited for this girl to turn 18. Oh, she's barely legal. Look at the teen pussy. Teen, 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 teen. Ooh. Not adult. Teen, teen. Yeah. Why are we using the word teen in the porn industry? This is not a We're space marketing. for teenagers. It's marketing. This is not a space for teenagers. I'm sorry. This is a space for adults. This Yourself. is adult content. This is not teen content, correct? This is triple X adult content. And I like this goes for just everything and in in like, like how I feel about everything. I don't think that 18 should be the marker of adulthood. And period point blank you're still a child you're still a child you are still thinking you are you are effectively a year younger than you think you are just based off of the concept of like your first birthday is your first full revolution around the sun you've already been alive for a year 
right? Mm-hmm. You're starting, you're finishing your first full complete. So you are only a year. Do you, you understand? Like you are, when you turn 17, you're still basically 16. When you turn 18, you're still basically 17. 17. Yeah. This makes sense. And this is, wow, this is a huge, this can be a huge topic. This might be, might be a future episode. So really great point there. Kind of hit the nail the head on that one. And again, thank you for just opening up my, my mind a bit more too on this and just, you know, calling it like, calling it out like it is. So, (laughs) but Maya, before I let you go, like, I feel like you can just talk forever. This has been like such a captivating, um, also a really stressful conversation. I just felt like it was, it was a lot. It was a lot. So I feel like people will be taking breaks on this episode, but I know people will, they might be wanting to reach out to you. Um, so if you want to be found, where can we find you? So I've made it as easy as physically possible for everyone to find me. Um, if you plug in Maya Romero 55, M-A-Y-A-R-O-M-E-R-O, in 55 into any platform. I mean, literally anything, Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, Sex Panther, uh, Chatterbait. I'm trying to get back on strip chat. Um, all of these, all of these places I'm on Reddit. I'm on Twitch. I'm everywhere. My Romero 55 is the best way. Um, and you know, shoot me a follow, shoot me a PM. I'm always, I'm always checking this thing. So if you have any questions, comments, concerns, like I'm, I'm here to be a point of outreach for, for anyone who I may have questions about what we talked about today, anyone who might need advice or guidance and anyone who just is curious in general, I'm always open and willing to talk about it. Um, I think the best and most important thing we can do is, is educate. Yeah, 100%. And that's like the whole point of my show is to educate, 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 educate on all these topics that, you know, you might not hear about. So I just want to thank you again um, for your strength and resiliency and just, just telling us in, in great detail about your experience, your story, the horrors that you had to live through. So thank you so much for this. I appreciate it. You know, my hope my hope is that, you know, by getting as specific as possible, you know, it helps people identify and um, prevent. Yeah, 100%. We, we need more transparency in our world in every aspect, I would say. Yeah. So, and I mean, it's, it's embarrassing, you know, like it's basically at, at point blank, you know, because I know – you know, the, the haters, the trolls or whatever, you know, he has his little army of idiots. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's like, I'm aware. I'm, I was dumb. I got scammed. I'm aware. But it doesn't excuse what the fuck happened to me. No. Just because I was stupid enough to get taken advantage of doesn't mean that you get the right to beat on me, to get to the right to, to traffic me, to steal from me. Like, that doesn't excuse the behavior. Yeah, you got me. But I'm gonna make sure you won't get anyone else. Yeah, I love that. I love that. So thank you so much for sharing your story. If you want to hear more episodes like this, you can listen to season three. There was one other episode near the end of season three that you might want to listen to with Brandy Wood. Um, There might be another upcoming episode as well talking about the different types of sex trafficking because, again, like we could have an entire episode on that itself. But for now (laughs) – Part two. <laughs> but for now, everyone else listening in, if you like what you are hearing, uh, please, please, please maybe rate 
five may rate the show five stars on Spotify. It's stripped by Sia and all podcast platforms. Maybe write a review on Apple Podcasts. Uh, that really, really helps with visibility and accessibility as well. So more people can discover the show. Um, if you wanted to see the video exclusive, it's on patreon.com slash stripped by Sia. And it's also stripped by Sia on Twitter as well as on Instagram. And that's pretty much it for today. Thank you everyone who has listened and, and stayed on for this really juicy and meaty hour and a half conversation with Maya. But for now, thank you so much, Maya. Well, we'll catch you in for another day, okay? <laughs> Bye. You're listening to Stripped by Sia, hosted, produced, and edited by Steph Sia. Music by Ted D. Graphic design by Maria Bellandarama and photography by Ian Davern.